Today's daf is Baba Kamid daf Pei Gimel. We left off in daf Pei Beis Amid Beis, toward the bottom of the page. We're at the two dots toward the bottom of the page. So first we're going to start with a story that caused the original Gezeira not to learn Chachmas Yivanis, and also caused the Gezeira, or an Arur, rather, on those who are Megadal Chazirim. And that's really the connection to our Mishnah, is that we were discussing being Megadal Chazirim wherever a Jew may be. There are certain things that you're not allowed to do in Yerushalayim, others in Eretz Shol, and others anywhere. The Gemara, though, is going to get into the discussion about Chachmas Yivanis, both in terms of what it is, and whether there are exceptions, is anybody allowed to learn it? The Gemara is then going to talk about the, the, the danger of raising dogs and who may raise dogs, what the, what the exceptions to that rule might be about not raising dogs. And then the parak is going to conclude with how far away one has to keep his birds from, uh, one has to keep his traps rather, from bird nests that belong to other people where you may accidentally steal other people's birds. That's going to be the end of the parak. And then we're going to begin Bez Shem Parak HaChovel. The Mishnah, beginning of Parak HaChovel, discusses the five payments that are made if a person assaults, physically assaults another person. The Gemara is going to discuss the concept of Ayin Tachas Ayin and uh, and how we know that Ayin Tachas Ayin does not mean that you knock out somebody's eye when he knocks out another person's eye, but rather that it means Mamon. We're going to have two different sources that it means Mamon, and the Gemara is going to spend a considerable amount of time trying to figure out why we need both sources. What's wrong with one? What's wrong with the other? Why is it that we need two sources to tell us that Ayin Tachas Ayin means Mamon? But let's begin on Pei Beis Amid Beis at the two dots on the last skinny line. Ein Megadel Chazirim Bekal Makom. We had said in the Mishnah that we're not allowed to be Megadel Chazirim anywhere. We're not allowed to raise pigs anywhere. Tan Rabban, we have a b'risa. Kishetzaru Beis Chashmonai Ze Al Ze Hayohorkis Mi Bifnim Vistravulus Mi Bachutz. Horkinus was inside the wall of Yerushalayim. Istravulus was outside of the walls of Yerushalayim. And Rashi points out Achim Hayu Umeriven Al Dvara Melucha. They were brothers who who are arguing over the Malchus. Every day they would send out of Yerushalayim over the wall a box of money. And in exchange, those on the outside would send in a carbon, would send in an animal to be used for the carbon tamid. So they had this arrangement going on since they weren't able to travel in and out of Yerushalayim, but they needed animals to bring for the carbon tamid. They didn't want to be mevatel the tamid. So they had this arrangement going on there was a certain Zakein who knew Chachmas Yivanis, who was an expert in Chachmas Yivanis, and he said to them, or he was Meramis to them through Chachmas Yivanis in some way or another, he communicated to them, that you know, as long as they're still able to do the Avoda, they're still able to bring carbon Tamid, they're not going to be given over in your hands, you're never going to win, you're, it's, 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 uh, you're, you're, you're shooting yourselves in the foot, by allowing them to continue to bring the carbon tamid, because the avoda is going to protect them. So the next day, when they sent money over the uh, over the wall, they sent back over the wall a pig rather than an animal that's kosher to use for a carbon. When the pig was halfway down the wall, that they were uh, as they were they were putting it over the wall. The pig stuck its uh, fingers into the uh, stuck its hooves into the into the wall. And Eretz Yisrael shook. 400 parcels by 400 parcels, the entire country had an earthquake. And at that point they said, 
chazirim. Cursed is a person whose megadal raises pigs. And cursed is the person who teaches his uh, his child, teaches his son. And it's at that time in history that we say that that even the omer and the shteilechem had to come from very far away, even though normally they would bring the grains from somewhere nearby Yerushalayim, but uh, because the uh, the whole area was destroyed, they had to bring it from very, very far away. Now, the uh, Tosas points out that the fact that we're not allowed to be Megadel Chazirin is a little bit strange to say that it's a Gezeira that was made not to be Megadel Chazirin, because anyway, there's already an Isser that you're not allowed to do Schorah with anything that, that's a Dover Tameh, with anything that's not kosher, even with Nevelos and Trefos, even with a kosher Min, one is not allowed to do uh, to do schora. So why do I need an additional gzeira not to be megadal chazirim? Shouldn't it already be included in the issue of doing schora with dvarim tameim? So Tosus points out v'tiritz rabinatam tainu dafka b'davar omidachila avul megadal m'shach oros b'shumnon olamochel nisol shemashupren shari v'kol chelu motelim karechadol kaila achila. He says the issue of uh, of doing schora with beimos tameos and with non kosher things nevelos and trefos is only if the intent is to eat it. But let's say a person... uh, let's say a person owns a, a football factory or something, and the whole point is just to make footballs, not to eat anything, so then it wouldn't be included in the violation of doing schorah with non-kosher animals. But there's a separate issue of being Magadil chazirim for any purpose, whether the purpose is to eat it or, or whether the purpose is uh, for, any, for, any, for, any other, uh, for any other sort of purpose. Now, Tosos also points out in the bottom Tosos on the page, we said that they brought the carbonoma and the shtelech from very far away. That it seems that uh, that this maisa happened in the days of Mordechai. Hard to imagine Mordechai lived that long for this uh, for this to happen while he was still alive. That anyone who is very familiar with the culture and anyone who is a high government official amongst the Jewish people, they would call them Mordechai. So Mordechai doesn't mean necessarily the historical figure that we know of as Mordechai. It means anyone who's uh, who's in that in that position. Now there is a halacha in general. The Gemara Pesachim of Sadivav tells us that a carbon Talmud requires bikur for four days. That four days in advance of bringing carbon Talmud, you have to check it and examine that it doesn't have a mum. So the Arzurua discusses, is that bikur ma'akiv b'diyavad? Let's say you have an animal that should be perfectly kosher for a carbon tamid, but you didn't do bikur four days, and it's the only thing you got. So do you use it, or do you say, no, we don't have we don't have what's what's necessary because bikur of dalid yamim is ma'akiv. So he brings a raya from our Gemara that bikur is not ma'akiv because it says every day they'll put over the money, each day they'll provide them with a new animal for a carbon tamid. When did they do the bikur? So it sounds like bikur is not ma'akiv. So uh, the Arzurua ultimately says, not necessarily right from our Gemara. It could be that they would get the carbon tamid each day for four days from now. That they would send over the animal four days in advance and uh, each day, because every day you had to bring another two carbonos tamid. So they would send over the animals each day that were only going to be used 
four days later, four days later. And the Harafrayim on the Mechilta, it's called the Mesifta, says that there are two dinim in Bikur of carbon Tamid. One is the Din Bikur of four days before that Krava, that we learn from Gezer Shava from Pesach Mitzrayim, and there's another Din of Bikur right before the Shechita. The Mishnah in Mesechus Tamid tells us about a separate Bikur that they have to do right before the Shechita, and that we learn from Tamim Yakrivenu, from a different uh, Pasuk, that we darshin Yevakrenu Yakrivenu. Yakrivenu means first you have to be Mevaker, and then Makriv. So it could be that there's a Chilik between the two Dinim of Bikur, that the Din of Bikur of Dalad Yamim, maybe that's not Ma'akev, and maybe our Gemara Taka means that they would send over that day's carbon Tamid, and that's all they were able to do. They weren't able to do Bikur four days in advance, but that's not Ma'akev. But the Bikur right before he actually shechted, maybe that is Ma'akev, but that they could have done as soon as they got the animal sent over the, uh, the fence. Now we're going to discuss a little bit about Chachmas Yivana. So first we have to just define the terms. What exactly is Chachmas Yivana? So he said, cursed is someone who teaches his son Chachmas Yivana. So there are several different shitos in Rishonim and Achronim as to what Chachmas Yivana is. Rashi in Mesechus Menachos and Dal says that it's remizos, that it was some type of way of communicating uh, with sign language without actually verbalizing anything. And the Yivanim used to use that type of uh, sign language. So that's why uh, the Gemara says oh, that a Zakin Shabifnim would, uh, would teach, would communicate with Chachmas Yivanas. doesn't say he was Loez Lahem Bechachmas Yivanas because it wasn't a Laaz, it wasn't a, uh, another language, it was a Remiza. The Rivash says Chachmas Yivanas is a Lashon Chidos, that it was some type of way of speaking in riddles that most normal people couldn't understand, but it was a way of communicating with uh, verbally, but it uh, required some extra knowledge to be able to interpret all of the uh, all of the riddles that they would uh, that they would use to uh, to communicate. That's uh, it's remizos. Uh, so whenever we have you have something that's not explicit, we refer to that as remiza. For example, the kiddush the gemara in kiddush and base talks about the issue of yichud. Remez li yichud Remez doesn't mean that it's not a dindaraisa. It is a dindaraisa. It's just that the Torah only says it in such a strange roundabout way that we call that a remiza. The Rama, according the Shittim Gubetza, says Chachmas Yivanis is, uh, has something to do with astrology, that they would look at the stars and somehow they would interpret uh, events or whatever. It has something to do with that. Rabbi Yenison Eibshitz in Yaros Tavash writes that it must be philosophy, because that's what the Greeks are known for, for Greek philosophy that was unique to them, and therefore that must be what it refers to. It is interesting though that the curse that it says over here is Aradam Sheilami no Chachmas Yivanis. Yerushalmi quotes Rabbi Avohim b'shem Rabbi Yochanan that to teach one's daughter Chachmas Yivanis is permissible. It's only Bino uh, that it's Aser because Chachma is a Tachshit for his daughter. So that's why it says that Rabbi Avohim wanted to teach his daughter um, and he said, based on this uh, this limud of Rabbi Yochanan, that it's only bino, but not not bito. Um, the uh, it could be though the Tal Torah Meirik suggests that even Rabbi Avo only wanted to teach his daughter because they happened to have been krovim lemalchus. Uh, because we find that in Ksubastaf Yudzayin that Rabbi Avo's family was close to the Bay Kesar. So uh, so it could be that only for them it was mutter to teach their daughter Chachmas Ivanas. Because otherwise it's difficult to understand if a son who has a chiv of Talmud 
Talmud Torah. So what are, what are we worried about uh, that, uh, that that you're going to teach Chachmas Yivanis and it's going to ruin him hashkafically? Well, he has Talmud Torah to protect him. A girl doesn't have Talmud Torah to protect her. You would think even more so. One has to be careful about teaching Chachmas Yivanis unless you understand Chachmas Yivanis is just Tam Bittel Torah, where uh, where a girl, where by the girl you don't have to worry about an Isra of, uh, of Bittel Torah. Okay, let's see the Gemara. Chachmas Yivanis Miasira asks the Gemara, is it really true that it's Aser to teach Chachmas Yivanis for Tanya Amar Rebbe Be'eretz Yisrael Lashon Sursi Lama? Why do we use Lashon Sursi to speak in Eretz Yisrael? We should rather use O Lashon Hakodesh O Lashon Yivanis. We should use either Lashon Hakodesh, which is the best Lashon, or Lashon Yivanis, which is at least a beautiful Lashon. But Lashon Sursi is a Lashon that's like uh, beneath the dignity of Bnei Eretz Yisrael to use a uh, to use such a lashon. Vamar Biosi Bavel lashon arami lama. Why in Bavel do they use lashon arami? O lashon hakodesh, o lashon parsi. Let them at least use lashon hakodesh, o lashon parsi. Over here, by the way, you see that lashon arami is considered an undignified language to use. It's a big discussion in the Rishonim. The Gemara Masech Shabbos says that a person is not supposed to daven be lashon arami because the Malachi Yashares are not mevinim or not niskakim le lashon arami. So it's a discussion in the Rishonim. Is it even lashon arami? that they don't listen to even though it's so close to Hebrew and Kalvachomer all of those languages that are so far from Hebrew that they wouldn't listen to or is it Dafka Lashon Arami the Svaritists say that Dafka Lashon Arami they have a distaste for but they would listen to other languages is this idea that Lashon Arami is considered an undignified language what's so undignified about it it seems so similar to Hebrew maybe that's Gufa what's so undignified about it that you're going to take Lashon HaKodesh and you're going to corrupt it and that's the way you're going to communicate that's extremely uh, undignified. So why do they speak this way in Eretz If you want to speak a Lashon other than Lashon HaKodesh in Eretz at least make it Lashon Yavani, the Gemara says. Don't you see from here that the Greek language is permissible? How can you say that it's also to learn Chachmas Yavani? You see very clearly the Greek language is uh, is permissible. So Amri Lashon Yavani Lechud Chachmas Yavani Lechud. There's a difference between Lashon Yavani and Chachmas Yavani. Chachmas Yavani is also Lashon Yivanis is mutter. Frak the Gemara of Chachmas Yivanis mi Asira is Chachmas Yivanis really a problem? V'am Rav Yidam Rishmol Mishum Rav Shemuel Liel Ene Olu L'Nafshi Mikol Benos Iri. What's the pasuk in Eichur referring to? Elif Yiladim Hayu Bebeis Abba that the Beis Rav and Gamliel had Rav Shemuel Liel was commenting. So he said the Beis Rav and Gamliel had a thousand uh, children in it. Chamesh Meils Meam Lamdu Torah. 500 of them dedicated themselves to learning Torah. And the other 500 were learning And all that's left of the family is me and a cousin of mine. But the bottom line is, he was saying that in the base of Gamliel, this is what they did that half the kids learning Chachmas Yivanis. So how can you say that Chachmas Yivanis is also to learn and the Beis Ram Gamliel would do it? So Amri, shiny Beis Ram Gamliel, show you Krovim Lamalchus. Beis Ram Gamliel must have been different because they're Krovim Lamalchus and that when you're Karov Lamalchus, apparently it's permissible. So a couple of things. The Gemara Mesech's Menachus of Saites and Beis tells us that Ben Dama asked Rabbi Yishmael, he says, I already learned Kalatarakula, so am I allowed to learn Chachmas Yivanis? So he says, sure, all you got to do is find a time that's neither day nor night, and then you can learn Chachmas Yivanis. But anytime 
time that's either day or night, you have to learn Torah, because Vigisabo, Yomam Velayla, you have to learn Torah all day and all night. So uh, the, it was a clever way of saying, no, you may not learn Chachmas Yivanas. So Tosas over there raises the question, why didn't he answer, you're not allowed to learn Chachmas Yivanas, forget about your Mitzvah of Talmud Torah, it's a Gezeira that we're not allowed to learn Chachmas Yivanas, meaning he wasn't asking him, am I allowed to uh, study English literature? Okay, English literature, I would tell him, maybe it's uh, not neither day nor night, Bittel Torah, something like that. But what Chachmas Yivanas is much worse, Chachmas Yivanas is a formal iser of Chachmas Yivanas. So he suggests that Ben Dama tells us right so that Ben Dama was a carvel of Malchus. So the Gzeirah not to learn Chachmas Yivanus wasn't Chal on him, but he was a Tamil Chacham who should have been learning Yom and Valayla. I mean, this is in line with what the Arsameach writes and others as well that the mitzvah of learning uh, of, of Talmud Torah really depends on the person. Not everybody is capable of learning all day and all night. So for those who are capable of learning all day and all night, so that's their mitzvah. Their mitzvah is to learn at every single moment. For those who are not capable of learning, they have to maximize their potential. A lot of times people undersell themselves. They, they, uh, they assume their potential is much less than it actually is. Okay, but that's the challenge of life. You've got to figure out your potential and then, uh, then go ahead and maximize that potential. But the... Um, but that's what I was suggesting. That yeah, Chachmas Ivanis is mutter for someone who's Karav Lamalchus. So really, a, another person in Rabbi Yavo's shoes would be allowed to learn Chachmas Ivanis. But for him, even though he's Karav Lamalchus, since he's so much more capable in learning, so he has no uh, no heter to go and learn uh, Chachmas Ivanis. Uh, the uh, the, the Shulchan Harav in the third paragraph of the Torah in the Kuntras Achron, he says that Ben Dama wanted to learn in order to know what to respond to the meaning and that's what Rabbi Shmuel said that there are other people that could do that job you don't have to be the one that engages in the debate that's, uh, that's, uh, to, to, to defend Torah's Moshe that maybe that was go- that's what was going on in that conversation ok so it's not only though Chachmas Yivanis that's permissible for those who are Karv Lamalchus the Gemara tells us we have another Isra as well that normally for most people is Aser but for Karv Lamalchus we're going to make an exception Ukidetanya Hamasa someone who gets a certain type of haircut, that's a violation of darke amori. But avtulmus baruuvein itiru lo lesaper komi. This avtulmus baruuvein was given a heter to get this haircut. Mebreshuhu karav lemalchus because he is karav lemalchus. Shal beis ram gamliel itiru lo lesaper b'chachmas yivanis. Mebreshu karav lemalchus and beis ram gamliel would speak chachmas yivanis. That gives you the impression that it was speaking, that it wasn't uh, just sign language. They would they had the uh, they they would speak chachmas yivanis because they too were krovim lemalchus. What exactly is this mesaper komi? Rashi writes that it's uh, cutting off the, the hairs on the Meitzach, like the Amorim do it, that they cut off the hairs in the front and they only leave the long hair growing in the back, so they cut they cut the hair in front of the head and allow the hair to grow in the back, and the name of the Gaonim says, like the Romans, that they're Megaleach, the hair on the sides on top of the ears, the Rambam in Avod Zchav and says one should not shave his head on the sides and leave his hair in the middle because that's called Baloris and a person should not uh, shave his hair from ear to ear and leave hair growing in the back uh, that the Umos Ha'olam do. And the Kasamisha says that the Rambam holds like the first Peshat and Rashi, that it's leaving the hair growing in the, in the, in the back. Um, however, the Beis Yosef points out it's a little different than Rashi because Rashi says Mesapra Komi is 
called Megadal Beloris. The Ramam says, no, Beloris is someone who's Megaleach Menat Stadim and leaves the hair in the middle. Komi is that he's Megaleach everything and only leaves the hair in the back. But the bottom line is, these are haircuts that are not Jewish haircuts and one is not allowed to do it. The, uh, the, the, according to Rashi, that it's Beloris, Rashi in Avodazara, Dav Chavtesamadalv says that the Goyim were Megadal Beloris for Avodazara. So Luchora, this should be answered anyway. Forget about Darke Amori, it's Asr Mishma Bizrayud Avodazara. Meaning, if they would do it for the sake of Avodazara, Luchora would fall under that Isser, and it's very difficult to understand why it would be Mutter for those who are Kar of Lamalchus. Meaning, if you're talking about Avizrayud Avodazara, so Avizrayud Avodazara is Yaharik Bal Yavar. So it's one thing for other Isurim that would be Matar, other Isurim, because you're going to say, having Krav Lamalchus, Pikuach Nefesh, you need people who are close with the government. But if, if something's asked, even, even nefesh, why are they allowed to be matter that? It could be that having people who are close with the government is not just pikuach nefesh of an individual, it's considered pikuach nefesh of the entire community. That we need to have people who have a connection with the government and therefore whatever whatever it takes. There is a machlux we shown him whether the issue of, uh, of getting this kind of haircut is nisa dar raisa or only nisa midrabanan. The Rambam in uh, the 11th paragraph of Chavim says that. Uh, that 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 it's an, he's over below and therefore you get malchus that a person should not try to look like in uh, physical appearance like an ovi kochavim uh, but rather he has to be muvdul mehem b'malbusho u'b'shar ma'isov it's a fascinating lashon aramim very powerful lashon aramim he says kimoshu muvdul b'madau b'deosav just like we think differently, just like we have different beliefs, just like we have different ideals, so the Ram takes that for granted, right? He says that that's obvious that we uh, that we have different heroes, we have different ideals, we have different. That's pashut. But in addition to that, one should dress differently, one should get a haircut that's different than the uh, than the the of the kuchavim. So that's how the Ram says, seeming that's nisadar raisa. Tosos, however, seems to understand uh, that uh, that it's only an iser midraban because Tosos dibramaskalitiru midchilolo gazru al krovim lamalchus. Tosos says, why is it that it's mutter for those who are krovim lamalchus? Because it was never included in the gzera. Gzera, who said anything about a gzera? I thought we're dealing with the dindaraisa. Yeah, Tosos says, no, we're not dealing with the dindaraisa. We're dealing with something that's only aser midrabanan. So according to the Ramban, that it is an iser daraisa lechori yav Tosos kasha. Meaning, if it's an iser daraisa, how could the Chacham be Matir Nisadar Raisa just because there are people who are Karl of Lamalchus? So this is dealt with by the Kess of Mishnah and again uh, by the same author in the Beis Yosef and he suggests that it was for Atzalus Yisrael that you need, uh, you need p- people who are close to the government to be Omid Bepirza if there's ever going to be a Gzeira that's on the table to make against the Jewish people that's gonna, that, that, that could threaten the lives of the Jewish people. You need someone there. We need a seat at the table so someone could, uh, could, could, could try to stop it. And then he says also, the, since the Torah only says, and the Torah never specifies exactly what that entails. What is chukosehem that we're not allowed to do? So maybe this is one of those areas of halacha that the definition of chukosehem is up to the chachamim in each generation. And the chachamim get to determine that for krovim lamalchus, that's not called chukosehem. That's not considered to be a violation of um, 
The Bach, however, suggests the nature of the Isser is not an Isser to do this act or that act. The nature of the Isser is to want to be like them. To do this for no other reason other than you, than you want to be like the Ovid Chavim. But if one has another reason to do it, such as he needs to be allowed into the palace, he needs to be allowed in to the meetings of the uh, of the Malchus, so then he has another reason to do it. Then it's not, it doesn't even fit into the Isser. Say Nechanami, it's an Isser Daraisa. But the Isser, the, the Isser is contingent on the Kavana. Without that Kavana, there is no uh, there is no Isser at all. Okay, Vaitur in the Gemara now. So the, the Mishnah had said, You're not allowed to raise a dog unless you lock it up in chains. You're only allowed to raise a dog if it's locked up in a chain. But you're allowed to have dogs if you live on a border town where you border with, uh, with other nations so that they can have protection. And you still got to tie it up during the day because during the day no one's attacking. But at night you could uh, let them loose and they'll sniff out if the enemy's coming, they'll start barking, they'll wake everyone up. It'll be good, it'll be for protection. One who raises dogs is like raising pigs. What, what difference is made? We already know it's Asr. Why do you have to be so dramatic that it's like uh, raising pigs? To say that not only is it bad, but a person is cursed for doing something like that. Bavel is like a border town in that you're allowed to raise dogs there for protection. They said that's referring specifically to the city of Narda, which was surrounded by non-Jewish neighborhoods. That Hashem returns to Rivivos Alfe Yisrael. What does that teach us? That in order for the Shekhinah to reside with the Jewish people, we need a minimum of 22,000 people. Because Rivavos is 20,000, Aribo is 10,000, Rivavos is 20,000, Alfe, Elif is 1,000, Alfe is 2,000, so you need 22,000 people. Let's say you had 21,999 people and a woman pregnant, and that baby was going to be the 22,000, he was going to be the lucky winner that brings the Shekhinah back, and then a dog barks and causes her to miscarry, you see that that dog can cause the Shekhinah to leave Kalisol, such a dramatic presentation of what a dog is able to do, if he happens to be the lucky one to, to stop the 22,000th customer from... Uh, from appearing in the Jewish in the Jewish people, now you do see that Shechina's Shara even Ali De Ketanim that it's not only uh, it's not only Gedolim. There are different levels of Ashras Shechina. We say when when there's Be'asara, when you have a minion, that's also Shechina Shara, but that doesn't count Ketanim. Over here, for some reason, the 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 level of Ashras Shechina that you get with twenty two thousand applies even for uh, for Ketan, for Ketanim, not just for uh, for Gedolim. There's a Machlokas Haposkim whether the Isser to be Megadal Kelev is any dog or only a kelev ra. We've mentioned in the past, is ra a description of what dogs are, or is ra a type of dog, a subcategory of dog that is a kelev ra? The Rambam in Niske Mamon holds that it's also to be Megadel 
kol kelev. The Yireim says the Yisr is only a kelev ra, but as a kelev stam, a person is allowed to be megadal betoch beso. So the Yireim writes and explains that it's got to be only a kelev ra, but most dogs or uh, dogs that are not ra are mutter, because Mormba Matthias says that an almana is not allowed to live in a house together with a dog because of chashad, that we suspect that there may be bestiality or something like that. Luchora, if no one is allowed to have a dog, there doesn't have to be a separate iser for an almana to have a dog if nobody is allowed to have a dog. Tosyantif explains that from Rabbi Nassim, Darshan is a possible Sabdam Vesecha, person is not allowed to be Megadal Kelev Rabbitoch Beso, so you see that it's only Kelev Ra, but a Stam Kelev is Mutter. And he says, Losha the Mishnah says, Loigadal Adamasa Kelev with with a hey idea, es ha kelev doesn't say kelev. So he says that also that seems to be perhaps a raya that it's only this type of kelev, but other kelevim, other dogs are uh, are mutter. Um, and the other raya is that the Gemara says that you're allowed to be megadal klavim kufrim. So uh, there apparently there are certain types of dogs that are mutu. Tartimim, however, uh, points out luchora like uh, the, 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 against the Urayim, He says he's got a lot of kashas on the shitas Urayim. He says first of all the Mishnah, the Gemara, the Rambam, they all just say stam that you're not allowed to be megadal kelev. If if there's a chilik between different types of dogs, they all forgot to say it. They forgot to tell us that it's such a chilik exists. So that's problem number one, says the Tartimim. Furthermore, he says, the Gemara brings a raya, you're not allowed to be Megadal Klavim, from a woman who miscarried from a dog that was barking, and the dog were about to see the story, and the dog had its teeth already removed, it was defanged. And still, that's the story. So that's not a Kelav Ra, can't do any damage. And yet you still see that you're not allowed to have it. So it's any Kelav. Furthermore, he says, the Gemara said previously, that you're allowed to be Megadal Klavim Kufriim. And if you're going to say the Yisrael Gadal is only Kelav Ra, what's the Chiddush that you're allowed to be Megadal Kelav Kufri? You know, even a regular kelev is mutter. So they both use that kelev kufri gemara as a raya, right? One uses it as a raya to say, you see that it's mutter to be megadal certain types of dogs. And the raya the other way is, dafka a kelev kufri, but every stam kelev is automatically a kelev ra. Hayit, so the gemara tells a story. A woman went to go baking in a certain house where she would rent out the oven. Navach bakalba, a dog barked at her. And the owner of the dog said, oh, don't worry, like every dog owner says, don't worry, he doesn't bite, he's nice, he's friendly, his teeth were taken out, he's not going to be able to do anything. She, she says, you could take your, uh, your nice words and throw it away, because the baby's already uh, miscarried, the baby's already moved, so it's nice that you tell me after it barked at me, and scared me uh, and, uh, to the point of miscarriage, but it's too late. Ain person The Mishnah said that we're not supposed to spread nets for uh, for birds within thirty risks of an area because the you might be stealing bird of an area where someone has net, has nests because you might be stealing birds from someone. Do birds really fly that far away? Don't we say that you only have to distance your shovach from the city 50 amos, and once you're more than 50 amos away, you don't have to worry about stealing anybody's, anybody's birds? That no, that they'll fly much further away, but they're only going to eat within 
50 amos. Um, so meaning, I'm sorry, the reason you have to keep your, your nest 50 amos away from the city is so that your birds don't go eating from other people's fields. So we say, yeah, that's just 50 amos because it will fill its stomach within 50 amos and therefore, even though it's going to be flying over other people's fields, it's not going to be eating anything in other people's fields. But as far as how far birds will fly, they'll fly as far as they go. They'll fly, they'll fly uh, up to Shloshim Riz. Only shloshim ris. Can you really take a, a, a flying animal and assume that it's that there was a certain point where it's going to stop? Are these Floridian mosquitoes, where we know that they're staying in a one mile by one mile area, where chas they're never going any further. They see the signs that they're not allowed to go any any further. Can you really know? It's ridiculous. But can you can you really uh, imagine that uh, that they're uh, that that the bird's not going to fly any further? We said that a Yishuv, even Meamil, you're not allowed to spread out uh, traps. Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yishuv Kramen. When we said Yishuv, it meant when there are vineyards there, because the um, birds would stop off in the vineyards and then they would continue, they would take a pit stop, they would continue to travel after. Rabbi and Rabbi Yishuv Shovchen, or it's a Yishuv of Shovchen. There are many places where they could stop. Well, if it's a Yishuv Shovchen, then you have to keep your, your, your uh, traps away anyway because of the Shovchen. I mean, aren't you going to be trapping the birds up along in those Shovchen? So what, what are we worried about the birds that live far away that are traveling more than 30 risks? If it's a Yishuv Shovchen, obviously you've got to keep your, nut, your, your nuts away. Maybe those Shovchen belong to Ovdei Kochavim, and it's true, one is not allowed to steal from, uh, from Ovdei Kochavim. The Gemara is going to say later in Davkov Yud Gimel that that is absolutely forbidden for a person to steal from Ovdei Kochavim, but the Rashba, the Ritva, point out, over here you're not stealing, it's really Bedarach Grama, you're just putting out nets and, uh, and in, somewhere in the vicinity, and they happen to be flying into the nets. That's only Asr Yisrael because of Darkei Shalom. It's not... Uh, it's not even a technical issue when it comes to Yisrael. So uh, it's going to be motif. Aveda's guy, which is really it's an Aveda. He lost his bird, and you happen to pick it up. So that's going to be motif. Or vibayseima b'dehefker. Maybe these shovchem are shovchem of hefker. Vibayseima b'diday. Or maybe these shovchem actually belong to you, and that's why you're allowed to spread your nets by these shovchem. Okay, so now we are now we begin Perak HaChovel. Perak HaChovel deals with uh, physically assaulting another person and the payments one has to make for that. Melech Shlomo the Mishnayis points out that Lechor Perak HaGozel should have come after Perak Meruba because they both deal with people who steal. Perak HaChovel is here because the Perak deals with Dine Knossos. So that's why it's after Perak Meruba which was mostly about Kefal and Dalit Vehei was mostly about those Knas payments. So says the Mishnah, If someone uh, physically uh, assaults another person, he has to pay for five things. The damage, the pain, the medical bills, the time off from work, and the embarrassment suffered. How do we assess each of these things? If you knock out the guy's eye, or break his, or, or cut off his hand, or break his leg, you have to look at as, at him as if he was an Eved being sold in the Shuk and you have to assess how much he would have been worth and how much he's actually worth the Rashi writes means if he would have had to sell himself as an Eved Ivri so it sounds like Rashi says that we do the assessment 
based on him being an Evid Ivri. How much if he were sold as an Evid Ivri, how much he would have commanded and how much he would command right now. The Rush writes, Rono Sekilu Eved Kinani. It makes a lot more sense for her to say Eved Kinani, because Eved Kinani is sold forever. You cut off his hand, his hand is gone forever. Right? So it's an Eved, uh, so the Rush says we do the assessment based on if he were a guy and he were being sold as an Eved Kinani, what would be the difference in value based on uh, what he is physically? That's Machlog's Rishon. Tsar, how do we assess Tsar? If you hit him in such a way where even if it doesn't leave a lasting wound, we have to assess how much a person would be willing to take in order to suffer such a tsar. As Rashi says, that really depends on the kind of person. Some people have a high threshold, a high tolerance for pain, others do not. The Rambam says, forget about the, the, uh, how much pain the person could take, it also depends on how much money the person has to, uh, to spare. Meaning if he's an ashir, he may be willing to pay a lot more not to uh, experience tsar than an ani who simply can't afford to pay that much. So the Rambam is mechalik between an ashir and an ani. The Rashash says from the fact that, the Rambam, that Rashi doesn't make that chilik of the Rambam, sounds like Rashi holds that there is no such chilik, that it's all based on his threshold for pain and not based on whether he's an ashir or, or an ani. The Reb Chaim in the stencil, the Chidushman Shas, says that the reason Rashi doesn't say like the Rambam, that we the, the friendship between Asher and Ani, is because he holds that some it's Tali B'mamun, if he's not an or an Asher, it's not Marbur Mamait Tsar. If he's an Asher, it's just that he, can, he, he may have the ability to pay it, but in terms of the level of Tsar, you can't say that an Asher is suffering more Tsar. So it doesn't make sense that he would have to pay more, uh, more, money, that more money if he's an Asher, that the assailant would have to pay more money if he happened to hit an Asher, the tsar is no greater. Ripoy, how do we assess Ripoy? Hiko chayiv l'raposo. So you have to pay for his medical bills. Alabot smachim im machmasamaka chayiv shlamachmasamaka pater. If more complications come up later, if it's a result of your initial strike, you have to pay for that. Otherwise, not. Chisav inistra, chisav inistra chayiv l'raposo. As many times as the injury keeps coming back, you have to keep paying for rufua. Chisav called tsarka inu chayiv l'raposo. Once it's totally healed, even if he suffers some other injury later, but it's unrelated to the fact that you struck him, then you don't have to pay for it. Sheves, how do we pay for Sheves? You only have to view him not based on what his actual profession is, but rather based on if you were a, a, a guard by a field, because you already paid for the value of his actual hands and feet. Boshes really depends on who the person is on both ends. Amai, so frankly, why do you have to pay money? Ayin tachas ayin amrachmana but how do I know means money, maybe it means that you, you, you knock out someone's eye, we knock out your eye can't mean that I might think that we physically do to the assailant whatever he did to the other person so we compare hitting a person to striking an animal just like it's that when you hit an animal you're paying money, so too when you hit a 
person. Vim nafshachomer. If you don't like that answer, harayomer lo sichu kofar lenefesh rotzeh hasharu rashalamos. They're not supposed to take money from someone who uh, who killed and should die. Lenefesh rotzeh atolokach kofar atolokach kofar So apparently we see from there you're not supposed to take money if a person killed, but you are allowed to take money from someone who uh, who, who injured someone else. Hey Maka, which Maka Behema are we comparing this to in the Torah? The Torah we're saying that we're making some link between Maka Behema and Maka Adam. Ilim and Maka Behema Shalman and Maka Adam. You must Hobik Talixiv. That Maka is talking about killing, not injuring. Elamehacha Maka Nefesh Behema Yishalmena Nefesh Tachas Nefesh V'Samachle V'Ishkiyitein Mumba Amito Kasharasa Kenya Yaselo. So frankly, Mar but Hailav Makahu. It doesn't use the word Maka over there, so that can't by by the person. So it can't be that Maka. So in a what we're saying is it's speaking about the topic of Haka'a, even though it doesn't actually use the word Makah. Just like Behema, it's clearly about payment of year, also it's about payment. Doesn't it say that Mosimas? No, it's talking about Mamon. How do I know it's Mamon? Maybe it means you actually kill him. Well, we already have the Hekish to Maka Behema, and you certainly don't kill a person from Maka Behema. So we see that it must be referring to Mamon. So ask the Gemara, whenever you have two explanations, you always have to ask, why do I need two? Meaning we said there are two explanations of why Ayin Tachzayin can't mean that we actually take his eye out. Umayim nafshach lomar. And also, why would we learn it from Makabehema rather than learning from killing a person? So we'd rather learn Nazikin from other Nazikin rather than to learn from Misa. Shouldn't we learn Adam from another Allah of Adam of killing a person rather than learning from Behema? That's why we need the second limud to tell me that you don't, uh, you should not learn it from Maka Adam. Rather, you should learn it from Maka Behema, and you only pay money. We do not kill the person. Bezushem will continue. We're right in the middle of the conversation. We'll continue from there, from the sixth wide line tomorrow. Bezushem.